How many of you, just by like show of hands, I'm just curious, how many of you like surprises? Like, I like a good surprise. Okay, wow, I thought like everybody's hands would like go up. How many of you like a fun surprise in the form of a gift? Would that be more? Yeah, more of y'all. Some of y'all are like, oh, I don't care for surprises because they're not always good. Okay, so let me tell you about my favorite surprise. One of my favorite, most, most favorite surprises. Um, funny thing is every time I tell the story, it's like a fun story, but I get emotional because it was so huge to me. I really didn't think I would cry like I really didn't, but every time I'm, every time I speak, I do. So it's okay. Um, uh, my twins were a few months old and I was uh, pregnant with Bella and uh, I went to that morning, Brandon was getting ready to, for, for work and I was holding one of my twins and the other one was literally la- ha- hanging on my leg and I have my little baby bump and I have no clue where Joa was. Joe was my oldest. I don't know where he was at the time, but anyway, had the, all the babies right here. And, uh, Brandon's like, Hey, what you got today? And when he says that, that means I have something for you to do for me. And I was just like, oh, what do I got? Look at me. <laughs> what do you think I got today? You know? And he's like, well, I need you to do something for me, which then I know, like, I, I got heated because I'm like, I'm holding a baby. There's one in the oven and there's one on my leg. And you're about to ask me to do something for you. And uh, sorry, y'all, I'm, I'm not perfect, you know. Um, anyway, he said, I need you to pack your bags because I'm taking you away for the weekend. I already have childcare. Oh my gosh, it makes me oh, so good. He's like, I already have childcare provided. I got it lined up. And so I need to be, you know, we're going to leave at whatever time it was. And I was, I mean, how many of you know everything inside of me, like all of a sudden got super excited. And I was like, I can do anything. And I remember... <laughs> I hate ironing, and if when he would normally ask me to iron some shirts for, you know, church, I would, like, get aggravated, have an attitude, and, uh, yeah, just have an attitude, and it was always like, it's so hard, stupid iron, you know, whatever, there was always a complaint, but that day, I I ironed so many shirts, I packed clothes, I washed clothes, I washed all the dishes, I, I, I prepared food, I cleaned out, the, I mean... I did all the things like what normally would take me like two weeks to do. (laughs) Like literally, I'm not lying. I was able to do in the time, the amount of time that he was at work. Because that surprise of like, hey, we're going out of town for the weekend, just me and you, was like the best, one of the best surprises ever. And so with that, that is a great surprise that we all absolutely love. I want to talk to you about another surprise tonight. Another surprise that we are to be expecting. And, and any time that there, sometimes there's a surprise that like you're not prepared for. But how many of you know that I am thankful, how thankful I am that he was prepared for that surprise? He didn't just come home at four o'clock and said, Hey, I want to take you out for the weekend. Can you find childcare for the weekend for our three kids? And then can you pack bags and, hey, we want to leave in an hour? Like, how many of you know, like, it was a good heads up? And sometimes we do need to be prepared for a surprise. And in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, there's a surprise I want to talk about. And it says, For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the sun of man comes. And there is a great surprise that is coming, but we are, we know about, 
And it's Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back to get his church. And we must be prepared for that surprise. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. In Matthew 24, 37 through uh, 41, it says, When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, listen to this, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up till the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it'll be when the Son of Man comes. The great news is, is we know about this. We can be prepared. The Bible tells us how to be prepared. <clears throat> and it gives us a heads up. Um, you know, there's verses in, in the New Testament that tell us how to get ready for this. And that is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Because guess what? It's our responsibility to be prepared. Matthew 24, 42 tells us to keep watch for we do not know what day your Lord is coming. So Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to get his church, to get the bride. And you know, the heart of God, our father, the creator of heaven and earth is to spend time with us, to fellowship with us. Like take a moment and think about someone that you absolutely love to spend time with. Like I always think of a little baby, whether it's your baby or your sister's baby, your best friend's baby. It's like you, when, they, when they're just laying there all sweet and cute, you just want to hold them. You don't want to put them down, especially when they're like nice and warm and resting, you know, like it's just like, oh, and like that but times a whole bunch more because we are human, we are flesh, but God, he created us to spend time with us, to fellowship with us. <clears throat> That's the reason where we exist. And here Jesus sends a warning. He's sending this warning in these chapters because he's like, hey, I'm coming back and I want you to be ready to spend time with me. So you must keep watch. And that's what the title is called tonight of this message, Keep Watch. I want us to have this on our minds all the time that we need to keep watch. And I'm going to get into what that means. And the reason I really felt like I really wanted to talk about this tonight, first of all, every time, anytime I'm, I'm speaking to anyone, I always pray and I'm like, especially our women, I'm like, God, what do you want your daughters to hear? Like you have a word to speak to your daughters and you, I know, are using me as the mouthpiece. So God, what is it that your daughters need to hear tonight? And I, as I look around, not necessarily with this lovely group of women right here, but as I look around in our world and even in our churches, I find that there are quite a few people asleep. There's a lot of people who are asleep, asleep to their purpose, asleep to God's call on their life, asleep to the fact that there is a God who loves you, who created you, who wants you to be his and, want, and wants to spend time with you. There's also a lot of people who are misinformed. They just have the wrong information. They go by whatever they see on the TV, whatever they see on Facebook, their own ideas from their own experiences. And that happens in the world and the church alike. There's also people who are just unaware. Unaware of the things in the Bible. Unaware, like, I don't even care. Unaware of what's really going on. 
And so my goal tonight is to help awaken us in here, make us aware, and help hold us accountable for what Jesus is trying to tell us or is telling us in his word. And that's, that's what he did. In, in the word we see, in the Bible, we see that Jesus was trying to say, hey, wake up. Hey, be aware. Look, this is the right information. You know, the story that Jesus tells illustrates the importance, this, this story that we're about to talk about. Um, it illustrates the importance of what I'm saying. And, so we're going to play a short little video just to show you that story. Due to copyright, we cannot play this video clip. To watch, go to YouTube.com and search R.J. Hatch, The Parable of the Ten Virgins. Wow. So verse 13, the last thing he said was, So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. And, you know, I think of how, like, when I want to try to explain, and my, my kids and anybody will tell you this, when I'm trying to explain something, I always use a story. I'm like, like, and I like, either I come up with something or I use a story that, that's actually happened to try to illustrate a point I'm trying to make. And that's what Jesus did. He, he, he chose stories to tell his pe- to tell his disciples and to tell his people so they could get what he was saying. And so I just want to take a minute right now to, to say, okay, there's three things so far since we've been, since I've been chatting. Um, there's three things we know so far. We know that Jesus is coming back, right? For his church. We also know that he has given us instructions on how to be prepared. We also know he wants us to be watchful. And so I think of, when I think of keeping watch, what comes to mind is, you know, in the mornings, my girls get a ride to school and we we do the carpool thing. And in the mornings, I'm like, hey, you know, open the window so you can see when they get here. Put on your shoes. You know, whenever it's like 7.05 and they're supposed to get there at 7.10, I'm like, hey, you got your shoes, you got your lunch. You know, we're just making sure they're ready. We're making sure... They're prepared. And I think about a wedding, when a bride, you go looking for dresses, but you have to buy a dress. You have to pick a venue. Whenever something is about to happen, there's preparations that we have to make. And of all the stories that Jesus could have told, because he told a few, he chose to talk about the bridesmaids and the Well, the virgin, you know, some translations say bridesmaids, some say virgins, but getting ready for a wedding. And because we all know, and I, they knew back then, some say that the wedding preparations would take days. And I mean, that sounds like so much fun because there was a lot of feasting going on. So like, I'm into that. Um, you know, I I would, I would be into like, you know, a few feasts getting ready for the wedding because that just sounds super fun. But, um, you know, he likens us to bridesmaids. And I figured we're all women, so we could pretty much relate with, like, the whole idea of a bridesmaid, you know. And there's four observations that I made in this story that I think are important to note. The first one is these bridesmaids were all hanging around the right people. Bridesmaids were with other bridesmaids, right? They were all, they, they were all going in the, well, point two, they knew their purpose, They knew who they were. 
I am a bridesmaid, and my purpose is to get in there when the bridegroom comes, right? The third thing, the third observation is they knew what they needed. They knew they needed a lamp. They knew they needed oil. They knew that. They also knew, number four, they knew what to do. Bring your items and wait. The difference, though, is some had enough of what they needed and some didn't. So that shows us we can be hanging around Christians. We can be hanging around good people. We can be, um, know what our, we can even know what our purpose is. We can know what we need and we can even know what to do. But do we have what we need and are we doing what we need to do? In their case, some of them did and some of them didn't. You know, I think if they would have known what time the bridegroom was coming, those foolish bridesmaids, they probably would have had enough oil. They didn't, they knew they were going to have to wait, but they didn't know how long. So it was like, okay, well, I'll take a little, I'll take enough, but I, but I didn't take extra. And if we know the hour in which Jesus will return, would you be acting differently? And so in this room, I would imagine that there are some of you ladies who are living for Jesus. You might have been saved 20 plus years and you're like, oh, I know he's coming back. But let me ask you this. If he, if you knew he was coming back next Saturday, would you do anything different in this next week? And so for those of you who you like, I don't know Jesus or ah, I used to serve Jesus, but I'm really on break right now. I'm just trying to enjoy me. I want to live my best life, be my best self. So I'm going to just do me right now. If Jesus was coming back next Saturday, would you be still trying to be your best self? Or would you try to be who God created you to be and do what God created you to do? This was so, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm spitting. Like, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, this was so convicting to me. Like, so convicting to me. So I'm not coming up here sharing something with you that I got licked. I do not. I read these words, and I'm praying, and I'm like, ooh, okay, Lord, help me. And so I I know that my assignment tonight was to share this with you ladies because some of us are not prepared. And he wants your, he wants you so bad that he wants you to be prepared I will tell you how to be prepared at some point, so don't be discouraged. And so what's interesting, and I love he says, you do not know the day or the hour. We don't. And so how will we live? Knowing that it could be any minute. So there's three things that will help us to keep watch. And that's what I'm going to finish up with. Okay, the first one is to awaken to our purpose. Okay, Uh, in verse one, it said, then the kingdom of heaven will be like the 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. So they knew who they were and they knew what their purpose was. Do you know who you are, whose you are? And do you know what God has created you to do? At Family Life, we want to help you if you do not know. We have classes every Sunday after church called our Next Steps classes where we try to help you. We do help you to figure out whose you are and what your purpose is. 
But it all begins with making Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life because God created you for a purpose, on purpose, but the only way to find that purpose is in him. So we all, every single one of us in here, no one is exempt. No age is exempt from the youngest to the one with the most years. We are all, we all need to know our purpose in God. Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so in a few minutes, we're going to do that together because I have a feeling there may be a few of you in here who have never called on Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Therefore, there's no way you'll know your purpose. But after tonight, you can. We want to be awakened to our purpose by calling on the name of the Lord. That is it. So the second thing is we must stay aware. Verse 10 in our story, did I give y'all Matthew? It's Matthew 25. I don't know if I even told y'all that in the beginning. Um, that was what we watched up there. Um, t- the second thing is to stay aware. Verse 10 says, those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. You know, part of being aware is being ready. Knowing what you need and how much is being ready. Just like getting ready for beach vacation. Uh, Some people take like five swimsuits. I'm a like one swimsuit kind of gal. That thing's going to just, I rinse it off and hang it in the shower. Yeah, you too. (laughs) She's like, yeah, me too. Okay, you know, but how many of you know, you you if you have a family of six you're bringing, you don't just bring one little bottle of sunscreen. You like got bottles, right? You bring, you make sure you have a cover up. You make sure you might have a hat, some sunglasses. Like you get prepared. You know how much you need for the amount of people you're taking on your trip or for you, you yourself. You're not just going to bring one pair of clothes to go to a five day trip to the beach. You know what I mean? We got to know, we got to be aware of what we need. Matthew 24, 42 through 44 says, so you Two must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. And understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. You know, Jesus is telling us that we need to have awareness as if someone were about to break in our house. So like, if you knew that somebody was breaking in your house, like there's a guy and he's just knocking down houses or a girl, you know, they're breaking in houses tonight, probably going to come to your house. What are you going to do to be ready? I'm pretty sure I'm going to have my husband grab his firearm. We're going to put the light and we're going to be ready, you know, and we're going to pray, of course. You know, there was one time we were at a basketball game and, uh, this other, this, uh, some other fans of the other team got a little crazy. And I asked my, I, I had a knife in my purse and I was joking. And I told my friend, I was like, Oh yeah, I got my knife. She's like, I got my husband. I'm like, well, that, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like her defense is her husband. I'm like, that's wonderful. Mine too. My, mine too. Totally. But, um, you know, it's just how you think of how, how would you prepare for something like that that you knew of? And that's the illustration, another illustration that, that Jesus uses. But here's the thing. Often so many times, oftentimes, I meant to say so many times and oftentimes, one of those, we can get so busy in our everyday living, which I can be guilty of, that we don't think about it. We don't think about the fact that Jesus is coming back. 
Weeks go by, days go by, months go by, even years go by where we're not thinking of the realities of heaven. We're just living everyday life. Get ourselves up, go to work, go to school, get the kids ready if you have kids, cook your food, you know, uh, study for your test, all the things. And we don't even, we really don't sit there and think about Jesus. And about what his word says and how much he wants us to be in his word and how much he has to tell us about our everyday living. And that's in his word. And the thing that does that is called distractions, right? How many of you know what those are? Distractions? Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, this is the part I want to highlight, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Do you notice how they said weight and sin? So it's not just the sin that trips us up, which is what we would think. Well, I don't do anything wrong. I mean, I don't live a sinful lifestyle. I'm 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 cleansed by the blood of the lamb. But oftentimes there's weights, the weight of disappointment. The weight of discouragement, the weight of anxiety, the weight of busyness. There's many weights, not to mention sin. We must rid of the distractions in our lives and focus on the realities of heaven. Jesus is coming back and he wants us to be ready. He wants us to keep watch. And the third thing is we must take accountability. That's found in verses 8 and 9. It says, Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. See, the problem in our culture today is blame shifting, right? Can I get an amen? Because that's all over, all over. Children and adults alike want to blame everyone and everything for their own foolishness and not take accountability for it. And some people are foolish enough to go with it and let them blame everybody else for their foolish decisions. But that's not, that's not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is not we're going to blame everybody else for our issues and not take responsibility. That's not how it works. It creeps into the homes of the church, of, of, of the churches. It creeps into the homes and the churches. And that's not okay. Like we have to take accountability, accountability for me, for us, for what I'm doing. You know, the bridesmaids knew that they were going to have to wait. They did, like I said earlier, they didn't know how long. We are in a waiting period right now while our savior Jesus is getting everything ready in heaven, getting prepared for his church. And he is using the Bible, the word of God, to tell us exactly what we need to do, exactly what we need to know to be prepared. So we have to take accountability to read the Bible, ladies. Every one of us in here must, no matter if, I mean, I think the youngest person that should be here is sixth grade, so that's what, 11, 10, 11? No matter if you're 10 or 11 years old or 95 Every single one of us, it's our responsibility to read the word and see what Jesus has to say, see what the word has to say that changes our lives, impacts our lives. It's the study guide for our lives. That's us. In verse 13, Jesus didn't say, rely on your friends to prepare you for my coming. He didn't say, 
rely on your parents to prepare you for my coming. He didn't say rely on your husbands to prepare for my coming. He didn't say rely on your pastors to prepare for my coming. He told us to keep watch. It is our responsibility. And so I hope that in this 30 minutes that I had that I whet your appetite to know more about what Jesus says in his word. Some of you, I know, I I almost can, I don't bet, but I can almost not bet that some of you in here are, were unaware that Jesus was coming back. When I was 15 years old, 14 years old, I got saved. And in the religion that I was in, we weren't allowed to read Bibles. Like you're not smart enough for that. You don't read a Bible. And I believe that I wasn't because they told me I couldn't. And when I was 14 years old, I got saved. I started coming to this church. I was at a life group and one of the girls started talking about Jesus coming back. And I'm like, what you mean? Like, I've never heard of that in my life. And she starts pulling out scripture. And I, first I was scared because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is he, is he going to come back for me? And she's like, you're saved. You've given your life to Jesus. I was like, yeah. She's like, well, you, you don't have anything to worry about. But at that point, I thought there's so many people that I know that have no clue that Jesus is returning. And so the same urgency we have to say, hey, you need to know Jesus before you die is the same urgency we should have to say, hey, you need to know Jesus because he's coming back. And so with that, I'm hoping that I could charge y'all to, to, to make sure your people know that Jesus is coming back. And, and to have that same urgency to share with them just as if you thought they may die tomorrow. Cause that's the truth. That's what, that's what we, we need to do. So we know that Jesus is coming back to get his church. He's prepared us through his word and the stories in which are found in the Bible. And he repeatedly tells us to keep watch. How we do that? Awaken to our purpose. We stay aware. We take accountability. And so before we close, I just want to pray for those of us in here that either there's, there's either you've never given your life to Jesus. You've heard about Jesus. You've heard about God. Maybe this is your first time here and you're like, so do I really have to follow Jesus? Do I really have to surrender my life to him? The answer is yes. We could meet with you and go into more depth about it. But we all, our, our eternity depends on the fact that we either say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We will go to heaven and we will spend eternity with him. But if we don't, there is a place that wasn't, that was made for the, the demons. It's called hell. And if we don't surrender our life to Jesus, And we don't tell him, we want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm not living for me anymore. I want to live for you. If we don't do that, ladies, then we're going to hell. And so I want to give everyone the opportunity. But I also want to give an opportunity for maybe those who you were once walking with Jesus. And you're kind of not that serious about it anymore. And you've just turned your back on Jesus. And you've gotten hurt. You've gotten discouraged. You've gotten, you've been doubting. I want to give y'all the opportunity in your heart to be like, ah, tonight is the night. So whether this is the first time you've ever done this, or if you're like, I need, tonight needs to be the night. Tonight I need a change. Some of us came in here today and we need a change. We need something to change right now. We need, we are walking this way and now we're going to turn and start walking towards Jesus. And so 
what I want to do is if that's you, we're just going to, we're going to stay seated and I'm going to say a prayer and I just want you to repeat this prayer after me and I want you to mean it with everything that you have. And what we like to do at Family Life Church is we like everybody to say the prayer together because that shows that we're together in this. We're, we're, we're a community. We're sister. We're a sisterhood tonight. And so if this is your first time, you're not saying this alone. Your sisters are going to say, say this with you. And so let's just take a moment and repeat after me and say, dear Jesus, I thank you for your word that speaks truth. I thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. Tonight I ask that you would forgive me for everything I've done against you and against others. I pray that you wash me clean as white as snow. And I ask that you would help me to live for you, to desire to read your word, to love your presence, and to love those around me. I thank you that you are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's give a hand. Yeah, that's awesome. Listen, the best decision we could ever make is to give our lives to Jesus, to surrender our will to his will. And I want to, before we do the giveaways, that's what's next. I really want to, I really want to encourage you. If you, I mean, we want you all, we invite you to come to Family Life but you might not live around here or you might have a church that you kind of go into a little, get involved in your local church, wherever it is, get involved, go to church, read your word, connect with people. We're, we're not supposed to be doing this thing on our own. We need people. I need, I know we, I, we need people. And so anyway, with that said, we're super excited. Y'all came tonight. We're going to switch gears a little bit. And, oh, you know what? Let me pray over y'all first, because once we do the giveaways, we're going to be all excited and we're going to, you know, so let me just pray over y'all. Everybody lift your hands up, just like you're receiving something from the Lord, because I know that God has something. Father, I pray for every lady in here, Lord God. I ask, Father God, that tonight, Lord God, would be a night of impartation, Father God, whatever you choose. We just trust you, Lord, that you are imparting things into every woman, every girl in here tonight, Father God. And Lord, I plead your blood, Jesus, over them, Lord. I pray that they would go out, Lord God, that they would be awakened and aware and take accountability, Father God. And Father God, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that they would fall more in love with you as each day goes by. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said?